The following podcast is brought to you by the Village Zendo. For more information, visit villagezendo.org. Uh, my name is Gesha, and I'm a senior student here at the Village Zendo, wherever here is. So here is everywhere now. Um, I want to just, it's just so good to see you all. It's like, it's distractingly good <laughs> to look at everyone's faces. So I'm just going to indulge that for a moment and, and encourage you to do the same. And I want to give a special welcome to all of the people who um, are, have started sitting with us recently in this time. And, uh, and to all of those who might be here who've never sat with us before. Um, I've just been so aware of how everyone's presence supports me as we sit uh, together. So thank you. Um, so I've been thinking a lot recently about the relation of self and place. Um, and so I also want to start by acknowledging that the that I'm in Manhattan. I'm in New York, um, and I'm on 20th Street uh, in Manhattan, and this is the traditional land of the Lenape people. Um, and I would like you to all just take a moment to think wherever you are about, uh, about uh, who are the traditional people of your place? Uh, who are the landholders uh, that are maybe no longer present or present in much smaller numbers? And what that history is, uh, even if you don't know it fully, just invoke it a little. And who else is in your place? Uh, where, where, where are you right now? Are you in your apartment, probably? And what's around you? Who are the people in your neighborhood and in your town or your city? Um, their precarity or lack thereof, their security. Um, I was in Australia a few years ago and uh, they begin pretty much every cultural gathering by invoking the traditional landowners. And I thought that was very beautiful. And uh, I've certainly heard it here too. I was in a Zoom meeting um, last week where someone did it and I was like, right, why don't we do that all the time? I've heard Roshi do it a few times actually. Um, and I, I kind of want to encourage us to think about whether that's something we want to do. Uh, so yesterday was our Zazen Kai, um, which is our full day of sitting, or most most of a day, and that was a very beautiful thing. A lot I see a lot of you here in uh, were there for that. Um, and the week before, we had a Zazen Kai uh, with our Bolivian Sangha, sister Sangha, um, and I I attended attended that. <laughs> so I was in um, along with quite a few of you too. Uh, I was in Bolivia last weekend on Saturday. And it was a very, um, ah, it was a very moving thing to be in the homes of our um, Bolivian Sangha members, invited so intimately in. Um, and even though it's exact, it was exactly like this, I mean, it was really no different than what we're doing exactly now, but it was different somehow. To be in Bolivia, I felt there was one person, her name was Doris, she had a little, a little scream like we all, we all do, but she had a, her, her, 
her camera was pointed out the windows and you uh, uh, and you could see the mountains you could see her hammock you could see trees you could see the mountains there were people there who were in the andes there were people there in the lowlands of bolivia there was someone from honduras uh there were people in new york and in other states and uh there was um one of our familiar extended sangha members on cape cod a sajin was there and she was sitting outside so you could see a little square of hyannis sky too it was a little bit like those these little things were were real windows where you could feel the air whoosh um, over you I've been aware in myself of being in my apartment a lot. <laughs> and I know that's not the situation of absolutely everyone, but it's the situation of a lot of us. And um, there, there's a loss of, of selves that's involved with that. So we have these selves that are invoked by the different places in our lives, like, you know, gym self and office self and Sendo self, I miss Sendo self and her robes. <laughs> and um, so we've all, you know, we're feeling a lot of things, but one of the things I think many of us may be feeling is a loss of selves, of familiar selves that we're, we're and, and uh, in many ways, modes of being. But we also have this interesting expansion of self through these portals and, and maybe through holding in mind different parts of our own cities or, or our world that are not usually so intimately in mind. Um, you know, a COVID ward in Elmhurst, say. Uh, there's a lot I don't know about that place, but that place is more intimate in my mind now than it was. So the koan that I wanted to um, invoke today is Chao Chu's Four Gates. In a way, it's a koan about the self and the city. Um, a monk asked Chao Chu, what is Chao Chu? Chao Chu said, East Gate, West Gate, South Gate, North Gate. So in Chao Chu's time, Zen masters were typically known by their, um, by the names of the places where they taught. So, uh, you know, mountains or cities. Chao Chu taught in the city of Chao Chu. And so he had a personal name, Kong Chen, but he was known as Chao Chu, the way we might call our Roshi New York. What does New York have to say today? She says, most intimate. Um, so you can see that there's a little bit of a Zen joke, a little bit of trickster energy in Chao Chu. He plays the fool a bit. He pretends to misunderstand the question. The question isn't really about him, but it's about the city. A monk asked Chao Chu, what is Chao Chu? Chao Chu said, East Gate, West Gate, South Gate, North Gate. But we also see Chao Chu just leaping clear of the question. Um, he's saying, I think, to the monk, he's saying, your question is too small. Chao Chu cannot be contained in your question. The monk is asking, who is this person in front of me? Who is Chao Chu? And the monk is asking, you know, who am I? Who's the monk? Who am I? And Chao Chu's saying, we can't, we can't be contained in, in the name. I can't be contained in, in the name Chao Chu. You can't be contained in your own name. He's asking the monk to unmake that question, 
to unravel that question. And, um, you know, the, the form that this koan follows uh, indicates to us that the monk did uh, unravel himself. He unraveled that question. He unraveled himself, and at least for a moment, could feel uh, the bigger self, the real self that he was. So not all koans say, and then the monk was greatly enlightened, but many of them, that's left out, but we understand that to be the purpose of, part of the story of the koan. So in a way, the koan is about um, the great self that we are. But the part of the koan that I want to talk about is, is the city. <laughs> it's actually the city. Um, so a monk asked Chao Chu, what is Chao Chu? Chao Chu says, East Gate, West Gate. Southgate, Northgate. What's New York? It's as if, it's as if instead of saying, oh, New York's the Empire State Building, New York's Broadway, New York's its people, it's potpourri of people, New York is pizza. Instead of saying any one of those true-ish, untrue things, insufficient, infinite, untrue, true things, he says, New York is the George Washington Bridge and the Manhattan Bridge and the Whitestone Bridge, Verrazano Bridge. New York is what goes in and comes out, goes in, comes out, goes in, comes out, goes in, comes out. It's not bounded by uh, the little line on the map. We've been um, studying a koan uh, in our path class. It's going to be happening later this afternoon. Um, and that koan is uh, Rinzai's true person of no rank. And Rinzai is addressing his assembly and he says, there is a true person of no rank who is always coming in and out of the portals of your face, of the gates of your face. And then, and he says, those of you who haven't seen this yet, look, 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 look right now. And then there's a monk, a sort of wise-ass monk says, no, tell, really, tell me about this true person of no rank. And Rinzai comes down and he grabs the monk, and the monk hesitates, and Rinzai says, ah, what a dry piece of crap this true person of no rank is. What a shit stick, in a different translation, this person is. And so in a way, that koan is about rank, perhaps, or about shit. There's been a lot of discussion of both of those on our in our little conversation group for the class. But it's also about the gates. What's going in and out, in and out. Rinzai doesn't say the true person of no rank is bounded in this thing. <laughs> Rinzai says the true person of no rank is always going in and out and in and out and in and out. I think we can feel this uh, for a moment um, by just breathing in, you know. Breathe in, breathe out. And we know what happens when you do that, right? With the, the molecules in air, they come into your body. And, and we now realize how precious this is. They, they go down into the little tiny articulations of your lung and the oxygen fuses with you, becomes one with you, goes into your body, does many things that make your body alive. And then, uh, and then we give off this carbon dioxide, right? And the carbon dioxide comes back out of our lungs and into the air. And in my house, I have a, I have a lot of 
uh, houseplants newly as part of my isolation. That's how I am solving my problems, houseplants. So, uh, so that carbon dioxide goes to the houseplant. And the houseplant, my fern here, that's a Kimberly fern. So that fern um, takes the carbon dioxide. We all know this. I mean, it's not rocket science. And it takes the water that I put in the pot, <laughs> takes the light that's in the room, and physically makes the body of the fern, actually makes more fern, makes fern. So what was, what was part of my body is now part of the fern's body. And the fern, as it happens, also makes oxygen, comes back. So where's the boundary between me and that fern? What is me and what is fern? And what is air? And we have a conventional notion of that boundary. You know, that the fern is that green stuff over there and the air is the stuff that I can't see. And, um, and I ended the boundary of my skin. That's our sort of conventional notion that we ended the boundary of our skin. Um, I remember hearing uh, Alan Watts many years ago uh, give a talk. This is the first time I heard this notion. Uh, it was on the radio, and I was just like, uh, uh, he's, he sort of called out the idea, our cultural notion, that we are a little person sitting behind our eyes, looking at the screens uh, that project what the eyes see, and the, uh, uh, the music of the ears is piped in, and, um, and we have these levers that move the body. And, and it, 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 was, it was exactly how, what I thought I was <laughs> when he said that. Um, and, and then it wasn't what I thought it was. I had a girlfriend many years ago um, who told me that when she was in college, she consumed nothing but cheese pizza uh, for years. Now, maybe she had some breakfast. I don't know. But I, when she said that, I looked at her and I was like, wow, uh, for a period of time, your body was pizza. And sometimes... I mean, it was sometimes, I mean, obviously it tickled me, but sometimes I would look over at her and think, is there any of that pizza talking to me right now? In California, a tomato ripens and it's picked by a migrant worker who's missing her children who are far away. And in Kansas, there's a, a field of ripening grain on a family farm and a 15-year-old boy takes the combine and harvests it. And in Wisconsin, there's a cow. It's being milked and it makes that sound. That sound that's so full of feeling of its cow being. And you can see where I'm going, right? So all of that is... Um, taken to workplaces and factories and it's made into tomato sauce and mozzarella and flour and distribution centers and warehouses and people at computers figuring out who bought what and where it's going to go all work and then uh it's all on a truck and it goes to a pizza joint and the pizza woman takes the flour and she makes a bowl of dough and waits for it to rise and she spins it so beautiful, that thing that they do, and uh, spreads the mozzarella 
I think we've all been in pizza places and watched them just spreads this tomato sauce and then sprinkles the mozzarella and then slides it into this very hot oven. And it comes out and it's sliced. And I eat it. And now I'm all those things that happened. Um, and and an infinite number of, of more things, even just in the pizza, like the cultural history of cooking in Italy, you know, the heritage that makes pizza possible, the Italian-American experience, the cities that make pizza joints alive. All those things are now actually me. And, um, uh, and they're just, a, they're huge, but they're just a tiny part of me, right? Just a tiny part of me. There's all the stuff coming into me and then all the stuff that's flowing out. We could talk about poop here, though I won't really. <laughs> but we could. Uh, we could talk about this talk, right? That whole range of things. This time that we're in is in certain ways a kind of time of stillness. It isn't for everybody. Like John working on the uh, night shift on the COVID wards is not perhaps having a time of stillness. Um, but for many of us, we're, we're stuck in our apartments a lot. And while it's not quite the same thing as sitting in Zaza, and um, I wouldn't want to make any direct comparison there, there's, there's still there's a kind of resonance to both forms of stillness. And the resonance that I'm feeling now is that... Um, when you're out there moving in the world, you feel like you, you just intuitively, you feel like you are doing things. You are doing things or things are being done to you. But when you sit still, uh, your stillness makes you aware of just the motion of everything. Um, and there's a Dogen for that. <laughs> there's for so many things. Uh, I've been rereading Dogen's uh, Genja Koan, so that's why he's been on my mind. He says... When you ride in a boat and watch the shore, you might assume that the shore is moving. But when you keep your eyes closely on the boat, you can see that the boat moves. Similarly, if you examine myriad things with a confused body and mind, you might suppose that your mind and essence are permanent. When you practice intimately and return to where you are, it will be clear that nothing at all has unchanging self. So who, who is Chao Chu? Who is Chogaku? Who is Cezanne? <laughs> who is Bokshu? Who is Bonnie? <laughs> Who is Enkyo? Who is Gesha? Who am I? Who are you? Dogen also talks about the way in which our self is constantly dying and constantly being created. We're constantly losing selves or also gaining them. You're born and die countless times in the snap of a finger. Countless times, countless times, countless times. It's amazing. So we're all losing a lot, I think, these days. We're always all losing a lot. And 
sadness is the emotion of loss and fear is the emotion of anticipating loss and anger is the emotion of the unfairness of loss and all of these are, are I think very present in this time um, but that thing that we're losing is is in a sense you know the the small self not born, not destroyed, not stained, not pure, without loss, without gain. There's a bigger self. No old age and death and no end to old age and death. That was the first line of the Heart Sutra that really like penetrated me. The first time I heard it, I was like, what? My mother was dying at that time. So, I, it, you know, that's the line. I was like, what is, what is that? No old age and death and no end to old age and death. No suffering, no cause of suffering, no extinguishing, no path. What are we doing off here? <laughs> no wisdom, uh-oh, <laughs> no gain. And then this is my favorite part. No gain, and thus the bodhisattva, that's you. No gain, and thus the bodhisattva lives, dwells in, prajnaparamita, the upwelling of wisdom with no hindrance in the mind. No hindrance, therefore no fear. No gain, I'm not gonna fix this. You know, I can't, I can't get out, I, this is. No gain, no hindrance. No gain means no hindrance. I'm not trying always to get out of myself. No hindrance, therefore no fear. I said that to myself a lot in a very frightening time. And it actually did push me a little bit into a, a bigger sense of myself. So I'm hoping for all of you, wellness in this time and fearlessness in this time and fear in this time <laughs> and sadness and the absence of sadness.